All right, welcome back to the ENC Leadership Podcast. And first of all, I want to say I am sorry I was away for a few weeks. Um, it was a really busy time for me and my family. We were in the U.S. And those of you who follow us on social media know that we have since come back to the Philippines uh, from the U.S. And uh, it's been great being home. We had a great time over there. We miss our family. Uh, it was difficult <laughs> both ways. Mahirap makitira sa ibang mga tao. It's hard to... to to stay with people, but uh, uh, Carla's family, uh, our relatives, they were just so generous and hospitable. So it, it was great being there, but it's also good to be back in our own home uh, with our own bed, our own uh, stuff, fixing our house again, so much to fix, and especially to be back in our own country. And uh, we'll get back to that in a bit. But before that, I want to say we have a contest for you, listeners of ENC Leaders, and that is we are doing an ENC Leaders book giveaway. For those of you who listen to the podcast, we're announcing a giveaway of uh, five copies of The Leader's Journey. Yes, the book I've been referring to in uh, Leading in Anxious Times. Five copies of The Leader's Journey by Jim Harrington, Trisha Taylor, and R. Robert Creech. And uh, anyone who's listening to the podcast can join. And here's the mechanics. Number one, follow and like. Uh, ENC Leaders on Facebook or Instagram. Yes, we are on Instagram already. You can find us on ENC Leaders PH. So follow us there and then post in your Instagram or Facebook stories about applying the lessons you've learned in our Leading in Anxious Times series. And some of you have done that already. You've tagged me uh, and other people. So if you want to repeat your story, that's fine. Just make sure you tag ENC Leaders on Facebook or Instagram. Tag us and use the hashtag as well. Hashtag ENC Leaders Book Giveaway. ENC Leaders Book Giveaway. So if you do that, then you know our staff will check it out, and uh, the top five stories that we find uh, will will win. And that's it. So feel free to tag and let other people join in as well. The contest period will be from the posting of this podcast, which is September 17, to September 30, end of the month, and we'll announce the winners on our podcast the following week, the first podcast of October. So there. So I hope that uh, to hear from you guys, we just love hearing your stories. We just love seeing how people have applied those principles, whether it's leading at home, leading themselves, leading at their families, at their workplace. It's always exciting to see people apply it. Honestly, me personally, those of you who have sent me messages, I've benefited from reading it because I think, wow, oh, I know. You could do it that way as well. So that's the ENC Leaders Book Giveaway Contest. Now, back to today's content. I have a uh, relatively short uh, episode for us, but one that I think is a very important question for us to ask ourselves. Now, during the pandemic, but uh, really at all times of our leadership, we got to stop and ask ourselves this question. And here's the question. Why are you still leading? Why do you still do what you do? And, you know, we were asked this question coming back to the Philippines. When we got back, we posted about it to share our experiences with the quarantine, with the swab test. Thank you to the Bureau of Quarantine. At least in our case, it was handled very well, very professionally. Uh, kind of expensive, but at least maayos siya. And uh, when we got back, so we got messages mostly from people saying, welcome back. Um Thankful that our uh, swab tests came out negative. But then a few people asked us these questions. They said, a few people even asked, why did you bother to come back? 
why didn't you just stay in the U.S.? Ang gulo-gulo dito sa Pilipinas, it's so uh, messy here in the Philippines, why would you bother to come back? And some people ask, did you think about staying there? Didn't you think about just um, moving to the, to the United States? And it's a fair question. In fact, the truth is, we considered the possibility, you know, just not seriously, but like, hey, if we did live here, this would be fun. We could be able to do this all the time. But it was ultimately discarded. And there's only one reason why. It's because we're called to serve here, where we are right now. And that's the only consideration that we have. And see, that's the question I want to ask you as well, because we all have that question poised to us, given to us, even if we're not talking about moving to another country. Though I know some of you are, you know, we've talked to a few people and they've entertained the idea. Maybe this is the time to, to leave the Philippines. But maybe it's not even relocation. But it's the same question though, just a different version of it. Why are you doing what, what you're doing? Why do you continue to lead? Why do you continue to serve others? Why do you go the extra mile? Why do you add this level of service and, and, and assistance to other people on top of everything else you have to think about? And maybe you've seen this because you've seen other people. You know, you've seen other people with um, other parts of their life you know, and, and, and they aren't doing what you're doing and they seem to be okay and you're thinking, Many of you lead in our churches or in our campus ministries and you're thinking, okay, why am I doing this? Why? Some of us, we can ask this question, but you know, we have jobs that, that pay us money, so we just think, well, I don't have a choice. I have to continue this. Or you have a position that you have to maintain. But many of you are volunteers in the way you lead, or even just leading at home. And you can back out at any time. Honestly, even those of you with jobs can back out at any time. You can say, enough, I don't want to do this anymore. I can just leave. And that's what one side benefit I think this pandemic has for all of us. It's forcing us to get to the most important reasons for why we're doing things. The most critical reasons for why we're doing things. See, one word that keeps coming up in the media and in this whole pandemic has been the word essential, right? People say, what are the essential businesses? What are the essential institutions that should be working? And everything that's non-essential needs to take a backseat right now. Whenever you take a trip, is it essential for you to do the grocery now? What functions, what roles are essential? In the same way, when it comes to our leadership, we need to ask that question. What is the essential reason for why we're doing this? What are the critical reasons for why we're doing what we're doing? See, there is only one primary reason for why we should lead. And this is the reason that is at the heart of all other reasons. Now, there's lots of secondary reasons as well. Let's look at the secondary ones first. Secondary reasons could be it's emotionally rewarding to lead. Yeah, there are times it's emotionally rewarding. Uh, I feel that, whether it's leading a, a team, when I see a team doing well, every once in a while our team has a great discussion and I just sit back and I watch them discussing and I'll be honest, it's emotionally rewarding. It feels good. It's like, oh, wow, look at these people. I'm so glad we're working together. And, you know, there's a little bit of a, uh, an affirmation there. You know what? I, I helped do this. We put these people together. We posed the question correctly. Now look at this discussion. 
It's emotionally rewarding. It's also rewarding to see other people grow. You know, to see the effect you have on other people's life. When people uh, are, are, are benefiting from your leadership, that feels good. Nakakagana. Parang bukas gusto mong ulitin, gusto mong gumising na naman na maaga because you feel emotionally rewarded. There's also the feeling of success, which is similar to the emotional rewarding, but just that feeling of progress, that feeling of getting things done, that feeling of winning, that feeling of momentum. I love that feeling. Oh gosh, you know, you, you almost don't want to stop. You could almost work for forever when you have that feeling going, right? And you've felt that for sure, hopefully. Emotionally rewarding to, to see the effects of your work, the, the, the feeling of progress and growth. Um, also the validation and the support of other people, the approval of other people. That, that's another uh, good, let's be honest, secondary reason for leading. Some people, sadly, make it their primary reason for leading. They like that the most, and so they're, they're really looking for that. But the, the point is, when we get that, it, it, it helps, you know? When, when someone you're, you're serving, you're someone you're leading approaches you and says, hey, thanks for what you're doing. You know, let me just tell you, especially when it's unbidden, when it's not asked for, and they just choose to take that time. My gosh, it's amazing. Personally, I save messages like that. Uh, not a lot. But every once in a while, a few will touch my heart and I'm just like, I save it because it's, it's encouraging. These are all really good reasons for leading. But these are secondary reasons. And I say they're secondary reasons because, number one, they won't always be there. And one day they'll be gone. And if your leadership goes when they disappear, then it wasn't really much to begin with. Secondly, if that's your main reason then it's going to twist it's going to warp your leadership it won't be about service it will be about what you can get so what happens when these secondary reasons are gone what if leading is not as emotionally rewarding as it used to be it's not right now in the pandemic for sure you don't see the fruits of your work you don't feel like you're a success in fact in many ways uh, it's not working out the way you expected and you maybe aren't even getting the validation that you thought you would get. What then is our reason for leading? What do we do? And there's only one main reason that keeps us going even when things are not working out well. There's one main reason that you can choose to answer that question to yourself or maybe other people have posed to you. Why did you still come home? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why can't you just be like everybody else? Why do you have to add this burden to yourself? Is it a simple reason? One way to say it is because you don't have a choice. Because I don't have a choice. I do technically have a choice. I could, but honestly, I also know I don't have a choice. That this is how God made me. That this is who God made me to be. I don't have a choice. I got to do this. I got to keep doing what God's called me to do. In other words, it's a sense of calling. It's a sense of knowing that there's something specific to you, which is why you're doing what you're doing. Let me give an illustration from a book I'm rereading, actually re-listening to, an audiobook during this pandemic. I've found I have so much time to listen to audiobooks with all the house chores, watching the kids, putting the kids to sleep, cooking, cleaning. I just put on headphones and listen to an audiobook. And this time I've been re-listening to The Lord of the Rings. And I read these books years ago before the movies came out. Uh, and I didn't appreciate it as much as I do now. 
Then I watched the movies. I love the movies. But this pandemic, I thought, balikan ko nga yung mga libro. I, I read them again. And I was so uh, amazed by how deep the story goes. So if I if you want to do the same thing, I recommend watch the movies so you get the general idea, then read the books. And, and it becomes even more rich. And the part of the book I want to point out is the part where um, the people have gathered and they've been gathered together by Elrond, the, the elf, uh, the, the elf lord in Rivendell. And they're discussing what to do with this ring, the one ring of Sauron, this symbol of evil, this, this, this source of evil in the world. And it must be destroyed, uh, the Gandalf is saying. And other people are saying, no, we can use it for good. And, and, and the ones who want to use it for good don't trust the people who want to destroy it. And nobody trusts each other on how to destroy it. Because they all think, no, you're going to use it for yourself and take advantage of all of us. And the whole time they're talking, just eventually silence descends. This is in book one. Well, technically book two of the books and movie one of the movies. And it is, it is, it's at this point that Frodo, uh, the hobbit, who is um, small, insignificant, completely overlooked by everybody, realizes, I don't have a choice. I need to accept this. Allow me to read this and you'll see the full quote in the show notes. Um, they had been debating. It says, no one answered. The noon bell rang. Still no one spoke. At this point, the, the whole group is silent. And they're just thinking about what to do and no answer is coming up. Back to the quote. Frodo glanced at all the faces, but they were not turned to him. All the council sat with downcast eyes as if in deep thought. A great dread fell on him, as if he was awaiting the pronouncement of some doom that he had long foreseen and vainly hoped might after all never be spoken. An overwhelming longing to rest and remain at peace by Bilbo's side in Rivendell filled all his heart. At last with an effort he spoke and wondered to hear his own words, as if some other will was using his small voice. I will take the ring, he said though I do not know the way. I love that part. I love the part where it says, he felt a great dread on him, a pronouncement of some doom. Meaning while, yes, he did have a choice and it was he who voluntarily spoke, there was this impulse on the inside of him that he just knew, I, I, I don't even have a choice. There's a pronouncement in there. In fact, he actually hoped, it says, vainly hoped that it might never be spoken, but he also knew that it was in vain to hope for that, that it did fall on him, that that was his call. And the rest of the series, over and over again, Frodo is given temptation after temptation, offer of security after offer of security, people saying, you know what, let me take this from you, let me help you with this, this isn't for you, you're too small, you can't do this. And over and over again, Frodo has to go back to that conviction that, you know what, you do make sense, but that is not my call. That is not what I'm called to do. In fact, later on in uh, the first movie, you'll remember the scene where Boromir, one of the supposed friends of Bilbo and the people supposed to be escorting him, helping him fulfill his mission, is tempted to get the ring from Frodo and he tries to convince Frodo to just give it to him willingly. And he says, would you take my advice? Would you take my counsel? You know, this is too heavy a burden on you. Let me give you my counsel. 
And Frodo says, I think I know already what counsel you would give Boromir. And it would seem like wisdom, but for the warning in my, of my heart. Warning? Warning against what? Said Boromir sharply. Against delay. Against the way that seems easier. Against refusal of the burden that is laid on me. That's a person who understands their sense of calling. It would seem like wisdom. It does sound better. It would be preferred. I, I, I wish I could. I would love to just stay in the U.S. and just live that, that life there. I, I love the cars. I would drive there. That's great. But I have been warned in my heart against delay, against refusal of the burden of the calling that's on me. I know that you today, you have that temptation every day to wake up, to neglect the call of God in your life, to stop loving, to stop serving, to stop leading, to not put in the extra mile, to just do what everybody else does. And yet I know there's a warning on your heart. That's why you're listening to this. There's a warning on your heart against delay, against the way that seems easier, against the refusal of the burden of the call that's on you. See, when you've got that reason, that's the only reason you need. There could be a lot of other reasons on the other side, but you have just one primary reason. The biggest reason. To quote uh, another philosopher, and I don't know if this will be the last time I'm going to quote this person, but as Lady Gaga said, I've got a hundred million reasons to walk away, but baby, I just need one good one to stay. You know what? It, it, it's not about counting reasons. There could be a hundred million reasons to not do what God's calling you to do. But when you know, a God called me. That's what calling means. The Apostle Paul mirrored this, this, this sentiment in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, where he's talking about pursuing the call of, of God on his life. He says, Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. In other words, I'm trying to grab something, but honestly, it's because God's already grabbed a hold of me. That's the NFV version. That's what it says. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. It's an amazing picture of him reaching for something, but only reaching for something because God's already reached for him first. That's why you're still eating. Because you don't have a choice. Because you're called to. Your calling could be your vocation. Your calling could be your volunteer work. Your calling could be your immediate responsibilities. You look at the, the family and you're thinking, well, what if I just didn't serve these people the way I'm supposed to? What if I just let them be? But deep down inside, you know, you, no, I'm still going to love them. I'm still going to serve them. I'm still going to forgive. I'm still going to overlook. I'm still going to let them dump their anxiety on me and process it before God and respond in a loving way. And it's okay to not know the way. That's why we have ENC leaders. You know, like Frodo said, I don't know the way. It's okay to not know the way as long as you know that that's what you're called to do. And so I want to commend you now for leading, for standing in, 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 in the pocket, in the midst of tension, for, for letting people, you know, dump their anxieties on you for choosing to respond in love and in the opposite spirit. 
because God called you to. That's why you're still leading. And that's the only reason you need. That's it for this episode of ENC Leaders. Uh, I'm really excited because next week, we are going to have a, a really exciting episode. We're going to be introducing another book to you. And we'll have an interview with the author, uh, Adam Mabry. The book is called Stop Taking Sides. So I'm really looking forward to that interview with him. Uh, and please don't forget the ENC Leaders book giveaway, right? We're giving away five copies of The Leader's Journey. And uh, you join by following and liking ENC Leaders on Facebook and Instagram. On Instagram, we're ENC Leaders PH. And then post in your IG or FB stories about applying the lessons you've learned in our Leading in Anxious Times series. And then tag us and use the hashtag ENC Leaders book giveaway. And this will run until the end of September. And we're going to give away uh, copies of the book. It, it's going to be a digital copy, okay? It's going to be hard to, to find physical copies at this time. So it's going to be a, a Kindle copy for, for all of us. But we can all, I'm pretty sure anybody listening to this podcast would have the ability to, to get the Kindle app. So looking forward to, to, to reading your entries and to giving away those books. That's it for ENC Leaders. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. The show notes are on encleaders.ph. Uh, follow us on uh, Instagram as well, encleadersph. And if you want to contact me about this podcast, you can find me at Instagram at, at @campusjoe. God bless you. And please continue leading because you know that's what God called you to do. See you. See you.